uh, and they're being referred as astronauts. Uh, and the kids being left behind, um, especially the elder kid, will be taking on the parental role. Mm-hmm. And those will be called a satellite family. So the whole kind of like disconnectedness is coming from that kind of upbringing. And uh, it's not only a, a small number, it's a generation. Why knowledge matters? Lee, Matt, thank you so much for, for being here uh, this morning. It's such a pleasure. You're a really dear friend and uh, your art and your business that you actually started is very impressive. But I think first and foremost, we got to know you a little bit better mm-hmm. and your background. And then we really also understand why you created Out of Space. Yeah. Because your background is really you're originally from Hong Kong. Your uh, parents are still living there. Mm-hmm. But you came here to Canada, started at McGill, yeah. and then went to Oxford University, did a master's in environmental science, came back, did another master's here at McGill in architecture. And really your family background really fuses all this creativity, you know, that you really bring now to the table when it comes to out of space. So tell me a little bit why you started out of space. Um, it's really started during the pandemic and I don't know if you heard of the annual events of Inktober. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like every year in October, um, Inktober will be giving out a list of um, prompts and then all the artists around the world will be doing a daily post on uh, interpretation of the word. So uh, mine is a bit differently uh, because uh, the prompts that I have is not being predetermined. Uh, they are they're actually coming out from conversation that I have mm-hmm. online with my followers. Mm-hmm. So people will be actually giving me a one word prompt and then I will respond with the drawings. Mm-hmm. So part of it is um, during the pandemic, like being a Canadian Chinese is difficult uh, simply because mm-hmm. like living in Quebec, especially like ha- Asian hate is a real mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure lots of people who grew up here have the same sentiments. You, you grow up Canadian, you speak the language, you're like assimilated to culture, mm-hmm. but very much uh, your parental roots like in like affects you a lot. Um, and that's why like um, the whole kind of generation of a uh, second generation Chinese um, will um, have have a kind of disconnected experience. So that's the reason was out of space. Uh, astronauts actually referring to um, the economic class uh, immigrants back in the 90s, uh, where the parents of um, uh, the, like the parents of um, of the kids, they go back to the places of origin like Hong Kong, Taiwan. And for their own business, so they either maybe having a firm or they work in professional settings like lawyers. So um, they will be flying back and forth between like the places and Canada, uh, and they being referred as astronauts. Uh, and the kids being left behind, um, especially the elder kid, will be taking on the parental role, mm, mm. and those will be called a satellite family. So the whole kind of like disconnectedness is coming from that kind of upbringing, and uh, it's not only a a small number is a generation uh, of us uh, living like that. So, um, and what's interesting when I'm having all this conversation is that, like, uh, there's different terms among different uh, Asian nations. Like, for example, Korean, uh, they will be calling the, that uh, seagull, for example, the flying back and forth. Mm. Yeah. So, astronauts specifically to Chinese. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it also has been very difficult, actually, obviously, for the past few years for Hong Kong, what's going on. Yeah. You know, with Hong Kong, so that certainly also 
has been you know contributed to your creativity can you explain how it might have in one way or another contributed to it um i went back to hong kong in 2014 um after been living here for a long time and the, one of the reason is because of the movements the democratic movements in hong kong and the disconnectedness and also kind of like the helplessness like knowing all this news from the far but cannot be participating is something that like like Make you very, very devastating. So that's one of the reasons I go back, and uh, there was good uh, job opportunities. I went back as well. Um, while on, while kind of progressive into my career and thinking I need to do a master uh, back in McGill, um, saying goodbye is very hard, and especially it seems like home is on fire, and there's nothing you can do about it. And during COVID and right now at this very time, Hong Kong is at one of the like highest peak uh, for the. Um, Omicron variants as well. So like, again, like feeling helpless from the far and having all this quarantine and knowing having my parents being there uh, at at a very far distance is just hard. And I'm pretty sure lots of people uh, who are living in Canada, having relatives around, uh, who are living at a distance, and um, and the whole idea that like because of COVID and people kind of like being separated. Um, and you just feel it's out of place. You don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also really interesting. I mean, we have Elon Musk who just bought Twitter, mm -hmm. and he's like, I, I don't know, I think it's the biggest visionary, really, yes. that we have seen in the 21st century, for sure. But I think even, like, for the 20th century. And so it really also relates perfectly out of space because we are really literally going, you know, to space, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So how has he influenced, you know, your brand that you are creating, really building, you know, with our space? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure, Elon Musk is a visionary. Uh, and I, but then like, if you're looking at my Instagram posts, uh, I do have a, like a social critique uh, in terms of like the whole space race, uh, the mm. modern space race. And I don't know if you have um, watched some documentaries and whenever astronaut uh, being at out, outer space and they're coming back and they're looking back at Earth. That's where they really find what home is. And mm. uh, very often the issue that I'm looking at, like colonization, environmental issues, mm. uh, war, uh, all these parts is like, are we actually taking all this baggage that we have in on Earth mm. to space? So you'll be looking at like, I'm painting some uh, dirt bits that's floating around. Like, are we bringing all this trash with us? And mm. what is the impact or how far are we going <laughs> to be actually damaging not just the earth, but the, but the universe, like how far rich we can be. So those are the more kind of critique that I'm making in my drawings. Mm. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I think it's important that we draw attention to it. But on the other hand, also, we see with astronauts who come back, then mm -hmm. ultimately they then have a, deeper appreciation for really what we call home and you know our earth this beautiful stunning uh, planet really and so it certainly also has some advantages you know yeah. so and if we go like have commercial space flights let's say and people can actually experience it then well i think the logical conclusion might be i guess like that's also where Elon musk's thinking is going that ultimately we will take better care of our planet planet yeah that's for sure yeah yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. So talk a little bit more about also your collection that you have. Mm -hmm. You know, like you have like, you have like hoodies, you have like uh, all kinds of different things, but you also do paintings. Yeah. They're very original. They're really, and I just actually bought one, the universe, and I love the universe, just the idea. But it's really impressive, your work that you're doing. And Thank also you. that you actually are able to bring it out there in Montreal. I mm. mean, tourist offices and those stuff, they take your stuff on to actually sell it yeah. uh, to to the tourists here in Montreal. Yeah, so like, so my full-time job is uh, being an intern architect. So mm. um, what I, day-to-day -day is, uh, um, it, it is a creative pursuit, um, but then there's only such limitations. So the Instagram kind of become my creative outlets. Um, mm. And very often, um, I can finally put some of my architectural training, like drawing, um, into practice. And uh, that's something that I enjoy and something mm -hmm. that I really like doing. Uh, and things come out of it. Um, a big shout out to one of my followers. Uh, is a Moroccan girl uh, who, is mm -hmm. six, who was 16 years old. And wow. she was reaching out to me, like uh, asking for some contact for uh, an astronaut. That was I. I don't know any astronaut. So I was <laughs> like, why don't you go talk to like, the, I mean, NASA have an inst uh, Instagram page mm -hmm. and the lots of women as well. Um, and at the end, um, I was just encouraging her, like, um, go out, reach out there, like, if you want to learn more about it. Mm -hmm. One ad, what ended up happening is uh, she actually held a youth conference uh, for the Moroccan youth, and she got connected with actual uh, people working in the industry of aerial space and uh, a women group as well. And like now I'm part of this story. I was like part of the conference on, on the Zoom call. Yeah, uh, and like if if everyone's critique on social media, I think this is one of the few occasions that social media is being done right. The mm -hmm. whole youth empowerment and the unlikely yeah. kind of connection you can make overseas. Yeah. yeah, I think this is so important and really also this intergenerational exchange that we have. You know, it's not youth against, you know, older or something. No, we are all together. We learn from one another. I think that's the approach, you know, mm -hmm. that, that we really should contribute somehow, you know, to bringing people together rather just to polarize them further. And obviously here it's a really nice uh, example how it actually can help bring people in a positive sense uh, together. Yeah. Yeah. So your paintings how do you get the inspiration and how do you really decide on some uh, subjects mm. you know you have like from from poutine which is a very traditional quebecois dish to you know universe and and very very deep things like uh yeah so where does this all kind of fit in i mean all my inspiration i just need to thanks to my audience because i don't actually come up with the idea it's mostly the word that they gave me and i usually do interpretations uh, so very often, like, for example, people give me a word balance. Mm -hmm. Like I don't go straight forward into drawing, like, I know, a scale or something mm -hmm. for balance. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, what is balance? And what does it mean for be balancing, like, in space? Like, there's no such thing as gravity. So mm -hmm. you don't actually need to balancing. So I actually do a twist of the word would be like something off balance. Maybe someone's falling, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. Um, another word of example would be people kind of give me some... Um, Euphoria, for example, um, what does it mean to have a euphoric experience in space? Uh, so at the end, the piece that I draw is actually a piece of cloud floating on, on a very desert planet. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think in outer space, is what is rare is water. 
and what is euphoric is that you're finding water and sometimes it doesn't come in the form of liquid it's coming in the form of gas as a cloud so that's euphoric for me so those are kind of inspiration I'm looking at uh, in terms of why do I interpret certain words so sometimes actually followers will talk to me it's like Matt like this is the word I gave why did you draw that and I said well this is my interpretations mm -hmm. right yeah <laughs> and what I find really valuable is something um, we rely so much on the virtual uh, I'm bringing something a bit more tangible, like it's actually on a physical piece of paper. I don't draw on iPad or anything. Um, I draw it on a piece of paper, and I, sometimes I do the time-lapse videos, and people can see when the water is being spread and the ink is going different directions. That is something like metaphysical about it that makes it so important because uh, the less that we uh, connect with the, our physical world, um, it, it's a rare quality because people don't draw as much. And I mean, like, no, in no means I'm offending any NTFers over there. But then, like, uh, arts and pieces, like, mm. their physical pieces have its values. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I think um, it, it becomes really, uh, yeah, I think people are drawn to it. It's like almost like books also to some extent, you know, people, some, they want to have something physical that mm. they can actually hold in their hands. Yeah. And I think it also operates like... Uh, in neurologically it's also a difference when we actually read something and touch something uh, or if you just actually look at it uh, on, on, on the screen does your background in architecture mm -hmm. and your art that you're doing somehow interrelate I think they're very kind of they're inseparable I guess yeah. um, I think it's less about the knowledge in architecture that I have. It's mostly about the training in architecture that I had, especially in McGill. Uh, one of our classes I share with my friends is we have a watercoloring class. Yeah, nice. And uh, we actually went, like in my undergrad, we went to New Hampshire. Uh, and then like recently in master, we went to St. John's. Mm -hmm. So we actually went to like places mostly with water and we will wake up as a group and then we'll did a week of watercoloring mm -hmm. um, and big shout outs to most of my prof who is following me. But um, um, they taught me a lot in terms of like being physically present in a place and appreciating your environment. And that kind of training kind of help you to, not only are you more aware of your surrounding, it's also appreciating small details. And there's a different thing that you take a snap pictures very quickly than sitting there for two hours and kind of try to understand what is the structure and what is the color of this like like shade of cloud and you put it down into your uh, into your own journal, right? So it's, it's almost a very contemplative kind of experience. And for that, it's kind of bringing it into design. So you like in terms of people having thoughtful design, not necessarily, oh, I have a very gimmick kind of idea and they're just going to apply and use it. Uh, what is important is that's kind of going to my uh, sustainable urban developments degree uh, is understand your environments and design accordingly rather than having like a like a imposing a vision on places that's very out of place <laughs> like that really is not nice. actually like really relating to your environments mm. which is kind of very disappointing most of the times because mm. you're uh, i'm talking as speaking into uh, gentrification i'm speaking into displacing people who are the original uh, indigenous mm. um, community living around the area <clears throat> um, and we are not very aware of it at least not in the past 20 years uh, especially there's a whole kind of architectural boom and uh, people using uh, the tool as a power tool rather than addressing uh, the neighbors mm. yeah. I mean also it's important to actually mention that you are also you are award-winning architect too 
you I'm not a project winning architect. <laughs> yeah, but I and you you won a very you did a very substantial work within a new uh, indigenous community. Oh yes, yes. Um, so I in my master degree, and so yeah, it's exactly. actually a academic project. Yeah, uh, I work on a project on. Uh, so I'm I'm speaking into the water crisis, uh, in in Canada. Mm -hmm. So, uh, most uh, the substantial amounts of indigenous community. Uh, where they do not have daily drinking water. Yeah. Uh, it has been going on for a long time, and the Canadian governments, the way they address the problem is give them weekly bottled water, and um, and I don't think that's okay, and it's only, only a very temporal kind of situation. And so I, with my architectural thesis, actually look at uh, one specific indigenous community, mm -hmm. uh, which is speaking to the Algonquin people mm -hmm. uh, uh, in Tekina Shinebek which is very close to Manawaki, mm -hmm. which is a very interesting kind of setting because Manawaki itself is, uh, is a very French neighborhood and for which they have direct access to Hydro-Quebec, uh, while just kind of like right next door is the, is the reserve and uh, people relying on well waters and, and surface water. But then the bedrock is actually containing uranium, so most of the water is actually radioactive. So they actually have no way to actually drink clean water. The only way they need is to be buying water uh, mm -hmm. from their neighbors and for which it's not ideal. And very often like uh, people who are living on the land, relying on the resources, do not have the means or have a full-time engineer to uh, operate on a water plants. So like, how do we do this? So like uh, I was looking into a different method that you can actually store water on surface so you mm -hmm. don't touch the bedrock. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the examples I was looking at in this in uh, Ladakh, India. So it's a place, a neighborhood very close to the Himalayan. Um, um, so, so they have the opportunity to collect glacial water. Um, so they will have this ice stupa. Uh, mm -hmm. It's almost like a very tall kind of tube and a sprinkle on the top and they collect all this water uh, in the mm -hmm. winter time exactly. and they can use it like in intervals during springtime mm -hmm. when it slowly melts. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, Quebec have a very similar kind of climate and we do yeah. have access to a lot of water um, from different reservoirs. Um, so like I was proposing maybe like a domestic scale of an ice stupa for the community mm -hmm. I'm working with. Mm -hmm. um, and the second solution I was looking at is also a stormwater park. Uh, because Manawaki and uh, Tekinesibi Ashinabek also have a flooding problem mm -hmm. in the winter time, so they're struggling with uh, excess and and deficiency in water. Yeah. Uh, so the stormwater park, um, when it's, it's in the flooding season, uh, that it will actually slow. You have all this like pond um, that I set up that will collect water, and then by just by gravity, by filtration, they will have clean water mm -hmm. for use. Uh, so like the way that wow. um, uh, interesting and the way I. I uh, think my professor appreciated the project. It's less about the intervention I'm making. Uh, it's about the process. Mm -hmm. So again, it's, it's less about the end goal. It's about how do I design it. So the way that I really do the design to propose all this is not to impose efficient. So I actually engage into um, the Algonquin people. I, yeah. I first asked for permission from the chief. Yeah. So we actually, so my end thesis, I actually did a documentary of a video uh, documentary of my call with the chief and also engaging with the neighborhood. Also, what is a problem mm -hmm. and uh, how do we address it? How do we locate a good site for these interventions? Mm -hmm. And I'm getting feedback from the facility manager, from people from the community. And this is a really good group of people because they're one of the first um, 
like First Nation group where they um, almost everyone living in the community have access to house. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they they get the good government aid and then they build a well structured team that they help people to build houses. So I see it as a means that like if they can do it on their own, if I give these two intervention to them, um, if they get enough kind of help, they can actually like do the structure themselves. Uh, for which they appreciate when I give them the blueprints and the design. And mm. uh, after the whole engaging process, um, yeah, um, I think it's leading somewhere. It's not currently under constructions. And uh, for all the disclaimer, uh, I don't think um, I, I, I know it all. And I don't think it is the solutions. Uh, I think it's some long, somewhere along the way that's better than a weekly water bottle solution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Of course. Yeah, let's go back. I mean, this is fascinating. And actually, uh, about this ice cube, I actually heard also in Switzerland, they were actually talking about this yeah. issue also in India and how they do it. And it's actually very um, efficient because it avoids like kind of the flooding, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you just have all the water and it just runs down and you mm-hmm. don't really have it, you know, when you actually need it. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Now, just go a little bit back to outer space. Now, what was what were the biggest challenges that you encountered when you actually built built it mm-hmm. you know because it's hard you have to to basically uh, run on many levels right yeah. it's the business side it's the artistic side there's mm-hmm. so many so tell us a little bit about the process and really the difficulties that you encountered yeah um i think the real difficulties um is, uh, is like it's a bit more manure in terms of like um uh, it's more like a technical problem <laughs> in terms of like oh how do i get approval from facebook and why did Instagram freeze my accounts halfway and then I can't do any posts? Um, like when there's certain growth in following, apparently they think you're like a, a scam and they will block your accounts. So those yeah, were the okay. major challenge that I have. And uh, things that I learned along the way, and like I guess the biggest challenge to this day is how do you market yourself, right? Like yeah. how do you not to use conventional marketing but actually understand the algorithm behind yeah. things and it's, it's amazing i mean i am the generation that grow up with computers yeah uh but then like yes still like i'm not the generation you know was like like with social media like yeah. understanding how how the whole thing works um but then like i think at this point i don't think it's a black box to me anymore yeah. like i can really leverage different skills and i understand the, uh, the role of different platform uh for use yeah and I mean, your really best argument is really your product that you have, right? I mean, <laughs> yes. that's really impressive. So I can really highly recommend you to go on your website yeah, and really yeah. uh, purchase, you know, all the kind of articles that you're creating because it's really original, you know, yeah. that's what I like so much. And of course, you know, the marketing side is also very important because you, you need to get the stuff out there and people need to know it. But once they know it, I think you have a really a big argument. Yeah. To well, thank you. Because... One of the reasons I do it and the reason why I kind of do the one-on-one kind of conversation mm-hmm. on, on uh, Instagram is I it's another critique on the art market. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe everyone has the right to commission an artist. I think uh, there's value in that conversation and dialogue that we're having. And every idea is worth their value. So it's a way for me to... Uh, democratize art in a certain way that everyone have the rights to commission and everyone every idea is worth something and when it's out there like 
you you're welcome to buy my arts but then if you don't want to it's going to my collection and someone else who appreciates the thoughts uh, will purchase it right so um and i don't think arts belong to the museums i believe arts belong to people's home and arts belongs to the streets so like people actually have day-to-day -day encounter this art rather than one in a lifetime going mm. to a museum to look at a piece of art that's so interesting actually and that's what i will also realized in the pan during the pandemic actually that it's almost everything it's about like culture is really about art and most mm -hmm. of the time when you go into restaurants it's really kind of where you encounter it and and what makes uh, life so interesting mm -hmm. and where we meet people and so it's really a pivotal like for our societies you know that we have it we have this space where we can exchange it and i think it really put even more emphasis you know yeah. during the pandemic and its importance because oftentimes it gets forgotten right we yeah. think like well well artists like whatever you know you, you think about like uh, people who really do like entrepreneurs or whatever you know Elon Musk obviously you know like amazing but then you forget actually that no that's actually just the the, the top of the iceberg right mm -hmm. and so you have uh, this really whole all these amazing artists really what you're doing Thank and you. that's really fascinating yeah yeah um and I mean, like, I am excited about going to space, that's for sure. Uh, however, I think um, a lot of these billionaires, they, they're painting a very kind of rose-tinted, like romanticized kind of idea of space travel. Like in reality, imagine you're going to Mars. It's, it's kind of camping. Like you need to bring all your essentials and go in there. And people watch Martians, all these movies, right? Like mm. uh, there's this glamour to it, but then in reality, like... It's basically kind of going to the first century survival. Um, so <laughs> that's actually a big warning for everybody in terms of understanding you have all this tech in, uh, on Earth and you've been developing all these years. And, and you, given with the tool, how are you using it? And do not buy into ideas. It's, it's, well, sure, it's, it's for the rich, um, but then like a warning for the rich, are you ready for camping? You're not going for a resort. <laughs> and for for the everyday people, like I mean, in history and effort, there's tool, there's people going in on missions. There was always sacrifices, and very mm -hmm. often the un, like the, the 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 hidden figures, uh, in terms of people who are working at, at the ground and being sacrificed, no one knows. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so important that that we actually realize that. Well, Mav, that has been so fascinating. <laughs> really, I can just keep going on. Thank you so much for no your worries. time. And yeah. Uh, yeah, take care. You too. And enjoy Montreal. And I'm so happy. I'm just back you know, <laughs> since yesterday. And it's just so vibrant. And you really show me some of the best places here in town. <laughs> you know, yes. I have been living here for almost two years, but I never actually, you know, saw these amazing places. Yeah, so you, you really have inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. That was Math Lee, the creator of Out of Space. Check out his website. And that's why knowledge matters. <laughs> <laughs>